news of the arrests of Dr. Bowerstein rippled through the inhabitants of Stiles, not so much like a tidal wave, but as a whispered undercurrent. Part of me wished to find Poirot immediately, but my ego was still a little bruised from Cynthia's laughter at my impromptu proposal of marriage. So, I stayed close to Stiles for the evening to nurse my wounded pride. I was surprised when I awoke the next day to find that there weren't headlines of the arrest splashed all over the news. After all, the papers had been filled with little else lately. As I went downstairs to the dining room, I almost collided with John Cavendish. Oh, pardon me, old boy. Didn't see you there. Uh, My fault. Uh, Are you all right, old chap? You're looking a bit peaked. Uh, At least there's no publicity in the rags this morning. Sorry, Hastings. Don't mean to cut you off. Mustache. I'll speak to you later. As he brushed past me, I couldn't forget the look in his eyes. He looked haunted, like an animal caught in a trap. I would remember the thought later, as it turned out. It was then that I saw Mary sitting at the breakfast table. She sat as though frozen. Uh, Good morning. Oh, hello, Mr. Hastings. Headed out to see your little friend today? Poirot? Yes, I shall probably walk down to the village shortly. Uh, Why do you ask? No reason. He is rather a remarkable little fellow, isn't he? The way he's always coming and going, and all those strange, obtuse questions. Oh, yes. There are days I wonder if he's quite mad as a hatter. And then, just as he is at his maddest, I find there is method in his madness. (laughs) One does have to wonder. Uh, Look here. Uh, This is sort of uncomfortable, and I do hope I'm not imposing or overstepping here. You intrigue me, Mr. Hastings. Do go on. Well, it's about Cynthia. Indeed. Well, she's feeling a bit out to sea at the moment, and she doesn't really have a place in this world, does she? And she feels like she's not welcome here, especially by you and Lawrence, and I just think that... You are an excellent advocate, I have no doubt, Mr. Hastings. But in this case, your talents are quite thrown away. Cynthia will run no risk of encountering any unkindness from me. I, of course, cannot speak for Lawrence. Uh, Please, do forgive me. I I meant no disrespect, and of course... Mr. Hastings, do you think I and my husband are happy together? Well, I'm, I'm certain that is none of my business. Well, whether it is your business or not... I will tell you that we are not happy. You don't know anything about me, do you? Where I come from, who I was before I married John, anything, in fact. Well, I will tell you. I will make a father confessor of you. You are kind, I think. Yes, I am sure that you are kind. Well, I hardly think I'm old enough to... uh... My father was English, but my mother was a Russian... That explains it. Pardon? Uh, That hint of mystery. uh, Something foreign that I sensed about you. My mother was very beautiful, I believe. I don't know, because I never saw her. She died when I was quite a little child. I believe there was some tragedy connected with her death. She took an overdose of some sleeping draft by mistake. However that may be, my father was broken-hearted. Shortly afterwards, he went into the consular service. Everywhere he went, I went with him. When I was twenty-three, I had been nearly all over the world. 
It was a splendid life. I loved it. Then my father died. He left me very badly off. I had to go and live with some old aunts in Yorkshire. You will understand me when I say that it was a deadly life for a girl brought up as I had been. The narrowness, the deadly monotony of it, almost drove me mad. And then I met John Cavendish. You can imagine that, from my aunt's point of view, it was a very good match for me. But I can honestly say that it was not this fact which weighed with me. No, he was simply a way of escape from the insufferable monotony of my life. Don't misunderstand me. I was quite honest with him. I told him, which was true, that I liked him very much, that I hoped to come to like him more, but that I was in no way, what the world calls, in love with him. He declared that that satisfied him, and so we were married. I think, I am sure, he cared for me at first, but I suppose we were not well matched. Almost at once we drifted apart. He, it is not a pleasing thing for my pride, but it is the truth, tired of me very soon. Oh, now I, I find that hard to believe. Oh, yes, he did. Not that it matters now, now that we've come to the parting of the ways. We were just discussing it. What do you mean? I mean that I am not going to remain at Styles. You and John are not going to live here? John may live here, but I shall not. You are going to leave him? Yes. But why? Perhaps because I want to be free. You don't know, you don't know how this hateful place has been prison to me. I do hope you're not planning anything rash. Oh, rash. Look here. You do know Dr. Baustein has been arrested. John was so kind as to break that to me this morning. Well, what do you think? Of what? Of the arrest. What should I think? Hmm. These flowers are quite dead. What a shame. I must do them again. Would you mind moving? Thank you, Mr. Hastings. I sat there, feeling stunned. Was the woman a literal block of ice? She was leaving her husband, but seemed to care little that her assumed paramour had been arrested. I was perplexed. Hello, Hastings. Oh, hello, Lawrence. Will you be seeing Monsieur Poirot today? I hope to, yes. Ah. What is it? It's nothing much, but... Well, if you are going to see him, will you tell him... I think I found the extra coffee cup. Oh! That blasted coffee cup! Where on earth did you find it? When? Um, I'd rather not. Can you just let Monsieur Poirot know? When you get the opportunity? Of course, but... Dash it all! Can't you tell me about... I'm afraid I don't have time. Sorry, Hastings. Good morning, Monsieur Poirot. And an excellent morning to you as well, my good Dorcas. Poirot, where have you been? I was just about to head down to see you. Ah, the little grey cells. They're united in thought this moment. For I was coming to collect you, as I have something to show you in my cottage, and much to share. 
But first, my good Dorcas, I have a question of you. Yes, sir. Anything you need, sir. Dorcas, I, I have an idea, a, a little idea, if it should prove justified. What magnificent chance. Hey, tell me, on Monday, not Tuesday, Dorcas, but Monday, the day before the tragedy, did anything go wrong with Mrs. Inglethorpe's bell? Well, yes, sir. Now you mention it, it did. Though I don't know how you came to hear of it. A mouse or some such must have nibbled the wire through. The man came and put it right on Tuesday morning. Thank you, Dorcas. That is all. See you? One should not ask for outside proof. No, reason should be enough. But the flesh is weak. It is consolation to find that one is on the right track. Ah, my friend, I am like a giant refreshed. I run, I leap. Ah, there you are, Monsieur Pobreau. I've been looking for you everywhere. Hello, Miss Howard. You have found it? Step out of the hall for a moment, old boy. On top of the wardrobe. Ah, bon. Thank you, Miss Howard. Thank you. Say no more, Monsieur Poirot. Poirot? What was all that about? Come here, Hastings. Now tell me, what is that initial? J or L? Well, that piece of paper looks like it's been laying around somewhere for some time. Oh, it's from Messrs. Parkson's, the well-known theatrical costumiers. And it was addressed to Cavendish, Esquire, Stiles Court, Stiles St. Mary, Essex. Hmm. It might be a T, or it might be an L. It certainly isn't a J. Good. I also am of your way of thinking. It is an L. Depend upon it. Where did it come from? Is it important? Moderately so. It confirms a surmise of mine. Having deduced its existence, I set Miss Howard to search for it. And, as you see, she has been successful. Come, mon ami, and walk with me to my cottage. There is much to discuss. Poro, I should have mentioned sooner. Have you heard they arrested Bowerstein? Ah, that I had been expecting. Expecting? Well, it has been so obvious, especially given our location and how close we are to the coast. Uh, but plenty of murders are committed nowhere near the coast. I fail to see what that has to do with anything. Uh, pardon, he has been arrested for murder. You are certain? Uh, well, of course, I assumed he was arrested for murder. What else could it be? Ah, a misunderstanding, I am certain. Unless the good Inspector Jap has become an utter fool. No, I am sure that it is not it. I am sure that he has not been arrested for the murder. Well, if not for murder, then what? Well, I shall hold my tongue for the moment, Hastings. The time may be close for Poirot to speak. But I need a sign. I need to know it is right. You know who committed the crime? I believe I know how it was committed, Hastings. And the good Dorcas, her evidence today was most helpful. Come, I shall speak no more in these walls for the present. Poirot remained tight-lipped and refused to say much more about the case until we were ensconced in his little living room. Oh, I clean forgot. Lawrence wanted me to tell you that he found the other coffee cup. He wouldn't give me any other information. Ah, that is good. He has more intelligence than would appear, this long-faced Monsieur Lawrence of yours. 
and that relates to what I wish to show you, Hastings. I myself went to the young mademoiselle's laboratory yesterday. Uh, you went to see Cynthia? I did. It is true. I have the head of a sieve, and I had forgotten that it was her day off. However, the other young lady was most kind. She was sorry for my disappointment and showed me everything in the kindest way. Well, that's good. I'm sure you can make it up to Cynthia by having tea with her another time. Are you a judge of finger marks, my friend? Uh, no. I, I know that there are no two finger marks alike, but that's as far as my science goes. Exactly. I have numbered them. One, two, three. Will you describe them to me? All greatly magnified, I see. Uh, number one, I should say, are a man's fingerprints, the thumb and the first finger. Uh, number two are a lady's. They are much smaller and quite different in every way. Number three... There seems to be a lot of confused finger marks, but here, very distinctly, are number ones. Overlapping the others? Yes. You recognize them beyond fail? Oh, yes, they are identical. Wonderful. Thank you, Hastings. That is all I wanted to confirm. I suppose that, as usual, you are not going to explain? On the contrary. Number one, with the fingerprints of Monsieur Lawrence. Number two, were those of Mademoiselle Cynthia. They are not important. I merely obtained them for comparison. Number three is a little more complicated. Yes? It is, as you see, highly magnified. You may have noticed a sort of blur extending all across the picture. I will not describe to you the special apparatus, dusting power, etc., which I used. It is a well-known process to the police, and by the means of... It you can obtain a photograph of the fingerprints of any object in a very short space of time. <laughs> well, my friend, you have seen the finger marks. It remains to tell you the particular object on which they had been left. Well, go on. I am really excited. Oh, then. Uh, photo number three represents the highly magnified surface of a tiny bottle in the top poison cupboard of the dispensary in the Red Cross Hospital at Tadminster, which <laughs> sounds like the house that Jack built. Oh, good heavens. But what are Lawrence Cavendish's finger markings doing on it? He never went near the poison cupboard the day we were there. Oh, yes, he did. Impossible. We were all together the whole time. No, my friend. There was a moment when you were not all together. There was a moment when you could not have been altogether, or it would not have been necessary, to call to Monsieur Lawrence to come and join you on the balcony. I'd forgotten that. But it was only for a moment. Long enough. Long enough for what? Long enough for a gentleman who had once studied medicine to gratify a very natural interest and curiosity. Uh, Poro... What was in this particular little bottle? Hydrochloride of strychnine. Good heavens! They used the pure hydrochloride of strychnine very little, only occasionally for pills. It is the official solution, liquid strychnine hydrochlor, that is used in most medicines. That is why the little finger marks have remained undisturbed since then. How did you manage to take this photograph? I dropped my hat from the balcony. Visitors were not permitted below at that hour, so in spite of 
my many apologies, Mademoiselle Cynthia's colleague had to go down and fetch it for me. Then you knew what you were going to find? No, not at all. I merely realized that it was possible, from your story, for Monsieur Lawrence to go to the poison cupboard. The possibility had to be confirmed or eliminated. Poirot, your flippancy does not deceive me. This is a very important discovery. I do not know about that, but one thing does strike me. No doubt it has struck you too. What is that? Why, that there is altogether too much strychnine about this case. This is the third time we run up against it. There is strychnine in Mrs. Inglethorpe's tonic. There is the strychnine sold across the counter at Stiles St. Mary by Mace. Now we have more strychnine handled by one of the household. It is confusing, and as you know, I do not like confusion. Monsieur Poirot, Monsieur Poirot. Mary Cavendish. What's she doing here? Perhaps she comes to save someone. Bowerstein? But she didn't even care that he'd been arrested. She's a cold fish, Poirot, I'm afraid. Doesn't care about her husband, doesn't care about... I have a feeling perhaps you are wrong there. And if so, it may be my time to speak. Uh, but Poirot... Uh, no more talk at present. Ah, Madame Cavendish. I need your help, Monsieur Poirot. They're at Styles. They're in his bedchamber. I'm so worried. I think they may arrest him. Arrest Lawrence? Lawrence? No, John. And you desire for me to help your husband, Mrs. Cavendish? More than anything in the world. It is my sign, Hastings. It is time for the truth to out. Come, we go to Styles. Hurry, I hope we are not too late. As Poirot and I rushed to Styles with Mary, my mind was a whirl. Mary seemed beside herself with worry, and the Ice Queen facade had truly slipped. John, a murderer? I had heard Poirot's evidence against Lawrence, and could have believed it possible of the younger brother at a stretch. But John? There had to be some mistake. As we approached the house, we saw Inspector Jap. Monsieur Poirot, we found the culprit. What makes you say that? Had a tip to check Mr. John Cavendish's room. In his chest of drawers, hidden beneath some underclothing, we found, first, a pair of gold-rimmed pints nizz, similar to those worn by Mr. Inglethorpe. Secondly, this file, a tiny bottle of blue glass, containing a few grains of white crystalline powder, and labelled strychnine hydrochloride poison. Did you determine Dr. Bowerstein to be innocent of murder? The good doctor had been detained in a different charge, but we couldn't hold him for that either. Not enough evidence. He's a free man. Uh, but... Inspector, before you take Mr. Cavendish in hand, as you say, I believe that it is my time to speak. I have insight that may change the course of events. I ask for you to give me just one day to get my proverbial ducks in a row. Seems highly irregular. We, oui, but of course it is. However, I need to get all of the people involved in this event here. And then, my dear Inspector Jap, we shall let the chips fall as they may. Inspector, 
please do give Monsieur Poirot a chance to explain things. We would be happy to have you stay here at Styles if you need to keep an eye on. I won't be taking advantage of your hospitality that way, Mrs. Cavendish. Not at all. Once your husband arrives home, I will take him into police custody. No. Oh, no. Inspector, I beg of you. However, I will grant Monsieur Poirot a 24-hour grace period, as they say. And I shall return with Mr. Cavendish in precisely 24 hours. I am deeply grateful. John! They found the vial. They found it. What's this? Mr. Cavendish, I'm afraid I have to ask you to come with me. I shan't be booking you this afternoon, but we shall be having a little chat, and I'll have my eye on you. Monsieur Poirot here has granted you a 24-hour stay of execution. That may be a poor choice of words. <laughs> come quickly, if you will. Let's not make a fuss. I would never hurt my mater. This is all a mistake. Be of great courage, monsieur, for Hercule Poirot intends to help. All will be clear. This way, Mr. Cavendish, if you please. John. Mrs. Cavendish, Hastings. We must get to work. We have to get the word out to everyone that was here on the night of the murder that they must return to Styles. Yes, this is our only chance. Poirot was a hive of mysterious activity for the rest of the evening. He refused to answer many of my questions. Mary and I managed to get word to all of the intended participants, even the newly freed Dr. Bowerstein. I was still confused by Mary's sudden change of heart. How had she gone from being ready to leave her husband to seemingly being lost without him? I mentioned as much to Poirot. Yes, she is of those women who show at their best in adversity. It brings out all that is sweetest and truest in them. Her pride and her jealousy have always... Jealousy? Yes. Have you not realized that she is an unusually jealous woman? As I was saying, her pride and jealousy have been laid aside. She thinks of nothing but her husband and the terrible fate that is threatening him. I still can't believe it. John, but did you suspect him? Uh, John Cavendish? Uh, all along? Of course. Well, for quite some time. Did you not suspect him at all? No. Not after that fragment of conversation you overheard between Mrs. Cavendish and her mother-in-law and her subsequent lack of frankness at the inquest? No. Did you not put two and two together and reflect that if it was not Alfred Inglethorpe who was quarreling with his wife and you remember he strenuously denied it at the inquest, it must be either Lawrence or John... If it was Lawrence, Mary Cavendish's conduct was just as inexplicable. But if, on the other hand, it was John, the whole thing was explained quite naturally. So it was John who quarrelled with his mother that afternoon? Exactly. And you have known this all along? Certainly. Mrs. Cavendish's behaviour could only be explained that way. But uh, I must employ my little grey cells, mon ami. I have a final link that I must connect before tomorrow. I am so close. But the murderer, he is unscrupulous. I must leave no hole through which he can crawl. Tomorrow, what are you doing? We don't have time for children's games right now. Making houses of playing cards? 
No, mon ami, I am not in my second childhood. I steady my nerves, that is all. This employment requires precision of the fingers. With precision of the fingers goes precision of the brain. And never have I needed that more than now. What is the trouble? It is this, mon ami, that I can build card houses seven stories high, but I cannot find that last link. That last link which is essential. Still, I continue. It is done so by placing one card on another with mathematical precision. What a steady hand you've got. You know, I believe I've only seen your hand shake once. <laughs> on an occasion when I was enraged without doubt. Yes, indeed. You were in a towering rage. Do you remember? It was when you discovered that the lock of the despatch case in Mrs. Inglethorpe's bedroom had been forced. You stood by the mantelpiece, twiddling the thing on it in your usual fashion, and your, your hand shook like a leaf. I must say... But I stopped suddenly, for Poirot, uttering a hoarse and inarticulate cry, again annihilated his masterpiece of cards, and putting his hand over his eyes, swayed backwards and forwards, apparently suffering the keenest agony. Good heavens, Poirot, what is the matter? Are you taken ill? No, no, it is, it is that I have an idea. Oh, one of your little ideas? Ah, mais foi, no, this time it is an idea gigantic, stupendous. And you, you, my friend, have given it to me. It is it, the final link. I must, I shall return. Poro, where are you going? Wait, you forgot your hat! But he was gone, running down the street like a madman. Thank you for listening to Murder in Your Ear. We appreciate you. To receive access to specialized content and to continue to support our quality programming, we invite you to visit our brand new Patreon site at www.patreon.com forward slash murder in your ear. That's www.patreon.com forward slash murder in your ear. And, as always, find us on Facebook and Instagram at NRM Performance and Twitter at Murder Ear. <laughs>